It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We're back with another episode of On the Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and today we are joined by my good pal from Pro Football Focus, that is John Costco. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Britt. Always happy to be uh, on a podcast with you. Today is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I you know wanted to bring you back on so we could do a little bit of a, a I don't want to call it a dueling mock because we're not competing, but we're gonna we're gonna do a mock draft where we go back and forth, give you guys some brief analysis about each pick. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it short and concise, and uh, I think it'll be fun and. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Get your your uh, non PFF perspective on it, and you're you probably using your board, and I'll be using more of the PFF board. And um, yeah, it'll be more much more of what we would do, and not predictive. Yes, for sure. That is a good clarification there. All right, let's just jump right in. I'm going to be handling the teams with odd numbers. You're going to be handling the teams with even numbers. Yes. Um, also, for the purpose of this, we did do we did one trade pre draft, so we could kind of make it semi-realistic so you'll you'll see that as we go but with the first pick in the mock the carolina panthers are going to go with bryce young oh oh you 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 quarterback me. quarterback <laughs> alabama now anthony richardson's the my number one qb but i do think it's pretty clear that the panthers probably want young and young is still a really really good player so i don't think this is a bad pick yeah he's he's a I mean, if you if you just take out the size aspect of it, like the the kid is a stud. Like he can make every throw. He's he's a great player. Um, that's that's yeah. the biggest concern for me. Obviously, is is he going to be able to hold up to NFL hits? And then he holds on to the ball a bit too long in the pocket. But yeah, he's he he's the most polished quarterback, safest pick, I would say. Yeah, pretty clean profile for sure. All yeah. right, kicking it back to you with number two in the Houston Texans. Anthony Richardson, that's what I'm doing there. He's, uh, you know, you're talking about like every single tool in the in the tool ch- uh, chest. He's got it. Um, you know, most athletic prospect of all time for the quarterback position. Um, <laughs> guys, you know, you swing for upside. He he has the upside. Um, yeah. You know, you just saw what Jalen Hurts did, um, and he's a much better athlete. Like, and that's not saying that Jalen Hurts is like. I mean, he's a he's a stud athlete. So yeah, uh, Richardson can. You know, maybe he can develop into into that level of a player. Yeah, I would say that's a, a non PFF pick from you. I think he's what fourth on your guys' board. I know Renner's an avid Richardson hater. Although I will say Sam Monson recently went on a pod and said that the Panthers should take Richardson first overall because they they made the investment for the upside. They might as well follow through and go for the upside. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's upside, right? It's all upside because he's not you know from a grade perspective, accuracy perspective, you know from the analytical perspective it doesn't say that this guy should be that high of a pick but yeah. um as we've seen in recent years quarterbacks can develop <laughs> they yes. can develop certain things that that maybe you didn't think that, that you know certain quarterbacks could and, and we've seen that in a few it almost feels like the nfl's track record with developing qbs has like gotten significantly better in recent years do you think that's somewhat scheme related with you know teams being more open to running you know spread concepts and and qb run heavy concepts 
or what, or do you think it's just better coaching all around? Like how, what, what is the advent here? Cause we've seen like pre Josh Allen, this just didn't happen often ever. And then all of a sudden you've got like, you know, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, guys that have, are running functional offenses with limited or undeveloped skill sets. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a combination of both, but I think it's mostly scheme type stuff. Like teams are much more open to putting their quarterbacks in the advantageous situations and not just going, Hey, this is our system. You have to run our system. Yeah. If you can't run our system, you suck type thing. So, you know, if imagine, imagine trying to, immediately make Lamar Jackson a pocket passer and telling him he can't scramble and, and use his legs. Like that's ridiculous, right? So you, you yeah. develop a scheme around his skill set and it allows your team to thrive. And then you hope you, you know, obviously you can't be a running quarterback for forever. You have to develop as a passer and um, you know, it'll, it, it get, it buys those, those younger quarterbacks more time to become those, those passers. Yeah, I do think the emphasis at wide receiver for teams is also playing a, a big part in that because they're giving these guys legitimate weapons, <laughs> except for Lamar. But um, all right. Anyways, moving on. Pick three. So pre pre draft here, John, we discussed for Tennessee to trade up to this pick. But with Richardson off the board, do you think that actually makes sense? Uh, no, probably not. I mean, yeah. I, I, they could, you know, you think you might you might say if, hey, if we like C, they like CJ Stroud a ton, they might do that. Because it's like you know you, you probably want to um, have eventually find that replacement for for Ryan Tannehill. All the reports indicate you know that they they're not big on um, Malik Willis's development. Um, I don't think that's a great spot for Malik Willis to to develop from a his yeah. skill set. That that's a that's a team where I felt thought when that pick happened, it was the worst one of the worst spots he could have gone for um, from a his. You know, we just talked about Richardson and all these quarterbacks getting developed properly. I don't think he's going to get his use his skill set's going to be utilized properly there. Yep, I agree. All right, so we'll go ahead and follow through. We'll force this trade. So Tennessee is going to send pick eleven, pick seventy two, a twenty twenty four first, and a twenty twenty five third. They're going to get back number three and pick one sixty eight in this year's draft. All right, so uh, Tennessee is going to go ahead and they're going to take C.J. Stroud off the board here at number three overall. Um, I don't know that Stroud needs a ton of analysis. He's probably my third, number three QB in the class. Good arm. He struggles with the same things Justin Fields did, and he's not the athlete Fields did. So that's why he's a little bit – I have him a little bit lower on my board than I did Fields when he was coming out, and I was not a big Fields guy yes. either. But, uh, you know, Stroud just struggled. Every, all of his struggles are between the ears. He completely collapses under pressure. And that's that's a do a, a double-edged sword thing because he collapses under pre- like physical pressure. Yeah. in the pocket and then he collapses under pressure in big moments as well yeah that's the biggest thing for me is that you know you, you, if you as an ohio state quarterback if you can't beat michigan <laughs> i mean that's a problem like yeah. that's a big problem right like it, i get it if you, you you lose one year and that's a good michigan team but in your own house you've got to beat them yep and he disappeared to. in the second half of that game yeah so. And that's that's a that's a problem. Now this now this pick for the Colts gets interesting for me because I I am not a Will Levis fan, and they badly need a quarterback for the for the for the Colts. Uh, I think you kind of have to go that you have, to, you have to go that route, otherwise you trade back if you don't believe in them. So yeah, I have to go I have to go Will Levis for the Colts here, even though I'm not a not a well Will Levis fan. Like I would have him as like a mid to late first round pick. But yeah. Like what, I agree. at this Le- point as a Colts, you're you're kind of screwed. 
unless you make that trade up to do something or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, there is a breaking point in the round where Will Levis goes from being overrated to underrated. That point is not fourth overall for me, though. And the really interesting thing here is now we, we have the Texans, the Titans, and the Colts all drafting QBs in a row, all from the same division. And Will Levis immediately jumps in that division as the oldest starter. Wow. Which is crazy because Trevor Lawrence is younger than him. Stroud and Richardson are both younger than him. So that uh, that's crazy to think about. If this if this scenario played out, Will Levis would come in as a rookie as the oldest starter in the division. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, wild. Um, do you want to give any analysis on Levis and why you're not high on him? I've talked about him at nauseum on this podcast, but you can. I think he's pretty undisciplined. I mean, he's got obviously raw tools and he can like has, has got a cannon for an arm and stuff like that. But I, um, he's really sloppy with like his footwork. Um, he tries to do weird things with his arm. Like he, he has he thinks he has better arm talent than what he does, um, where he's got to be more like disciplined with. Just kind of like a lot of quarterbacks that need to have the same throwing motion, same kind of footwork and stuff like that in a pocket. Um, and he doesn't do that. And he tries to get too cute with a lot of, of throws. Sure. Obviously you can coach a lot of that out of him and get him to, to play much more discipline. Uh, but then I, you know, you, you talk about like a, a guy with, with ha- bad habits, bad habits creep up. And when, when the pressure mounts and the pressure is going to mount way more in, in the NFL, you talk about his grade was like, something like a 90 for us at PFF in his, you know, last year, this past year, it was in the sixties or seventies. I have to pull that up, but um, you know, from an accuracy standpoint, he took a massive step back. Yeah. I know he lost a good offensive coordinator and, and, you know, uh, Wando Robinson and some, you know, some good talent around him. But I think he, um, I, I just think that there's a, there's a large learning curve there. And I think he thinks he's better than what he is. And, you know, we'll see. You know, I might be wrong. I, I was wrong about Josh Allen, but Josh yeah, Allen I mean, lost a lot of good talent, you know, from his junior to his senior year, regressed, but then, you know. Yeah. The frustrating thing for me with the Levis discussion is, like, everyone calls Anthony Richardson raw, and then they don't use the same term to describe Will Levis. And when you yeah. – they, they like, mechanically, they have the same issues. It's all lower half stuff. Like Levis extends his his drive leg way early in his his rotation, which basically kills his velocity a lot. Like his hips aren't coming through the throw. Um, you can watch that back foot, that trail leg. It doesn't snap around like a normal quarterback's does. And then he also has this really bad habit, John, where completely unsolicited, like there's no pressure. He just he falls off his spot as he's throwing. Have you seen this? Mm, yeah, it's almost like he's hitting a fadeaway. Like he'll fall to the left or to the right. right. Well, it just doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. like, why are it's you just- doing that? It, he, I think he thinks his arm is more talented than what, than what it is. I think this is yeah. the, the fact that matter. You know, you have that – like Mahomes kind of did those types of things when he was in college, but he had good accuracy when he did yeah. it. And now, like, exactly. you know, he was a so, true yeah. off-platform thrower where Levis just really isn't. No, exactly. He's yeah. not. Yeah, he needs he needs to be on, on platform. All right. So to start this draft, four QBs in a row come off the board. Now that the QBs are pretty much gone, we'll we'll speed the the pace up here a little bit. I'll go pick five, Seattle Seahawks. I'm gonna go with Will Anderson Jr. here. I I debated between Carter and Anderson. I do think they're you know Anderson Carter's a, a number one on my board overall, but Anderson probably gives them more of what they need right now. They did sign Draymond Jones in free agency, and I, I think maybe after the Malik McDowell experience from a few years ago, they'll pass on the question mark surrounding Carter. Yeah, um, 
you know, as a, as the Lions here, I'm sprinting to the podium for Carter now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, when when he's he's the, you know probably the best player in this draft. Like you have him in your in your uh, big board um, at PFF. We have Bryce Young is the number one guy, and I think Carter's the number two guy. And it's mainly because of position um, importance there. Yeah. But if you're just talking about from a pure like who's the you know, if you take out that value out of it, like I think Carter is clearly, clearly the best player in this draft at, at the, at, you know, regardless of position there. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Will Anderson is going to be a stud in the NFL. And so that's a, that's a good pick for Seattle. And I think the Lions, they're, they're a type that uh, this is a perfect place for like, for him, for Jalen Carter with Dan Campbell as your, as your head coach. And, um, I think uh, he would fit in extremely well with the Lions. And then you talk about going Aiden Hutchinson and J- Jalen Carter in back-to-back years. With that defense, that's re- you know really came on strong in the second half of the season. Um, and that's a that's a rising team. That's just going to give them a really formidable pa- pass rush for sure. Yep. All right, pick seven with the Raiders. I'm going to go cornerback Christian Gonzalez. I do like Witherspoon a titch more than Gonzalez, but I think Gonzalez fits more of that Patriot model where they're going to play a little bit more press man. I know that's not what Gonzalez did in college, and Witherspoon was the more press man guy, but I think from a physical trait standpoint, I don't want Gonzalez playing zone. His instincts are really bad. I want him playing man, chase see car, chase car. Yep. Yeah, there's there's I agree with that. He's a uh there's a lot of questionable plays on tape where there's there's mess ups in, in zone for the guy and and um uh, I think he's he's better as a man as a man guy for sure. Um, number number eight here the Falcons on the clock. The board couldn't have fallen worse for them in terms of like the need that they have at at quarterback. Uh, in reality, they probably are able to get a quarterback maybe via trade of a couple picks or something like that. Um, but in this situation, they're not. They have you know. Uh, obviously that quarterback is a big need wide receiver is still a need for them, even though they have obviously just drafted one last year, but I'm going to go edge here and I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson. He's a long athletic dude can really push the pocket for them. And it's a, it's a big need for them to, to get after the quarterback. Yeah. If you project him to the way he'll be used in the NFL, his length, his power, his strength, it, it, translates very similarly to the way Calais came Campbell built his career. They just signed Calais Campbell. I like the idea of getting Wilson in there and mentored by Calais Campbell. So that's a win for me. I like that pick John um, Chicago bears. I'm going to go with the obvious low hanging fruit here. I'm going to go tackle Peter Skaronsky. I like it. I consider Darnell Wright as well. Cause I do think Wright gives you some potential guard upside if they need um, some guard play. What Skaronsky brings to the table, though, is elite technician, and he allows them to get their best five on the field, right? Because he can play guard. He can probably. I, I'm I'm going to start him at tackle because it's a more valuable position. But if you know, as a backup plan, if you need him to slide to to either guard spot, pretty comfortable doing that. So I like the idea of of the versatility he brings to the table for a team that's desperate for offensive line talent. Yeah, I like I like Skaronsky. He's I think he's the best offensive lineman in his class, and. You have a need there, take them, especially for the Bears. You've got to protect. Um, yep. All right. Eagles are on the clock at pick 10. Uh, it's crazy that they get to pick at, at pick 10 here after, you know, just losing in the Super Bowl. Um, they have they have some decent needs that they still have uh, for this team. You know, 
that that could go you could go a couple different ways here. I'm gonna go with Jackson Smith and how do you pronounce that? Nick Jigba. In Jigba. In Jigba. In Jigba. JSN for short. JSN for sure. For sure. Uh, guy's the best route runner in the class. Uh, gets open. Super productive. He can play. I mean, you're gonna slot him into the slot, and you talk about uh, you pr- talk about giving Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, and JSN like ridiculous amount yeah. of number of weapons there for him, and just not fair. So, is it a need for them? No, but why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Yeah, all three of those guys who can play inside or out gives them a lot of alignment versatility. They can do some really creative things with the formations they're using. I I do like that. Talk about maximizing a $255 million quarterback. Let's go ahead and give him as many weapons as possible, which I know the the gut reaction for most people is to not do that, right? They're like, oh, he makes so much. He needs to elevate guys and make them better. Well, how about we just keep keep Jalen Hurts great? Yep, exactly. Um, Pick 11, this is the Arizona pick that traded back from three. They need a lot of stuff. Um, yes. I'm going to go with Devin Witherspoon, cornerback here. I think a lot of people have been mocking Christian Gonzalez there, but with John Gannon in the fold as the head coach, they like to play a good a good combination of, of zone and man, but mostly a heavy zone-heavy scheme, and I think that's where Witherspoon's really going to thrive in the NFL. His instincts... His ability to break on underneath routes is absolutely freaking fantastic. Yes, so I, I love, I love the fit here. He's a coach's dream type player, real safe pick for for a new regime in their first year at the helm. Yeah, I agree. This is he's a he's a stud. Uh, like you said, instincts off the charts. Um, he's gonna fly up on those underneath routes, and he recognizes I'm good, um, good athlete, and uh, yeah, he, he'll be perfect fit for them. Uh, pick twelve here. I've got the Texans again. Um, I'm going to give them another, you know, you got to give your rookie wide receiver, rookie quarterback, a, a wide go. receiver to throw. And we're going to go with Quentin Johnson. Yes. I've been blocking this incessantly. Yeah. Um, um either JSN two, or QJ. Right. Exactly. So, uh, either one would be, per, I, I think a great fit for, for them. So like JSN would be getting open like crazy. This is a guy that you can, I mean, massive catch radius guy can get open deep. Um, just, a, just, a a specimen at the, at the position. Um, and they, they have needs. They just have needs across the board. And if you want your, your quarterback to thrive, give him a, a, a big target to throw to so that he can be, you know, he doesn't have to be pinpoint with it when he's throwing the, the QJ. Yeah. Q, like in this scenario, Richardson was a the quarterback. They took QJ. I think JSN, I might like to fit better, but QJ also gives Richardson some, some layups as far as playmaking after the catch. Get him in rhythm early with some screens, some shallow crossers, some slants. Quentin Johnson's really good on slants as well. And, you know, get the get the chains moving, so to speak. I think that added playmaking dimension that he has that maybe JSN doesn't necessarily have will make that a good fit for Richardson and, and building that confidence there. All right, Absolutely. pick thirteen. We're we're with the Jets now. Man, I'm gonna go Paris Johnson Jr. here, tackle. I think everyone's penciling in a tackle for them the question is which one will they go with it's another spot i considered darnell Wright, but paris johnson his experience starting at right guard for me makes this an easy pick because the jets do have a few functional tackles in the fold they they just need consistency though so this is another pick where it allows them to get their best five on the field again paris johnson jr for me is a left tackle like i'm playing him at left tackle because it's a more valuable position 
but I do know teams like the built-in versatility option there. If things go haywire, if they lose a couple guards and they and they need a guy to slide in and kind of be multiple there, I think Johnson gives them that flexibility. Yeah, and and they're uh, who's the big boy Malik uh, Becton, Mackay Becton, Mackay. There we go. I knew it was I knew it was going to mess that up, but um, he's just had the injury issues. You know, when you have that big of a of a, per, a human, he's going to. Yeah, that's one of the risks, and yeah, you you need uh you need to. They need to obviously fix that that position for them. All right, we're on to the New England Patriots, and the Patriots are an interesting team as well because they have they have some needs. Um, and I, I think you can go a couple different routes here, but I'm going to go Lucas Van Ness. I don't know where you have him on your board. Um, we have him pretty high as in terms of uh, our edge defenders. Um, I think he's our number three edge defender on our on PFF's big board. Um, they had they need to get after quarterback. We know that. You know that uh, Bill Belichick likes to likes his edge defenders and his and his his guys, and I think uh, he's gonna do well there with the uh, New England Patriots. Yeah, Vanessa. You know, I'm not very high on him compared to consensus. I think he's 32nd on my big board. I got a lot of issues with his game overall, but when you talk about scheme fit, I do think this is a Bill Belichick type of guy. Runs with a, a liquid hot motor, and he's he's got the length. Kind of reminds me of Dietrich Wise when he was coming out, and that's worked out pretty well for New England. So I could see I, I see some overlap there, and, and I understand why they they would be a good team for that pick. Um, Green Bay fifteen. This is tough because uh, like ideally the player I want for them is is Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I don't think there's any chance he lasts till fifteen. He obviously didn't in this mock draft. I think I'm going to go with the next best thing, and that's Dalton Kincaid, tight end of Utah. Uh, with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs being, I would I would consider them both lower volume, big play type guys. They kind of need a guy to come in and constantly win and be open for Jordan Love. Dalton Kincaid is probably the next best best thing when that in that regard when it comes to you know being a true possession receiver, a guy who's going to always be open and get be a high volume player in that offense. So. I think Kincaid re- really steps in. They need tight end too, so it's not like it, they're stretching there. And uh, Kincaid is what is he? F- I think he's fifteenth on my board exactly, actually. So that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I like I like Dalton Kincaid. He's he's a stud, um, just a great route runner for the tight end position. He's yes, yes, he's undersized. Um, he might be one of the smallest tight ends in the NFL when he comes into the league, but that just don't don't have him blocking in line and lining up <laughs> as a you know, a traditional tight end, you utilize them better. Yeah. You know what though? Just like we've seen a lot of receive the receiver position get smaller with, you know, I mean, there's a million guys in this class last year. There were some small guys the year before, like that position is getting smaller. So is tight end. You look at all the tight ends in this class. They're between 245 and 253 pounds, like all of them, except for Washington. Yeah. yeah so Kincaid is country. undersized by the traditional standards, but I think new standards suggest this is probably the size most guys will be playing at. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. So, all right, we're at pick 16. We've got the Washington Commanders on the clock now. Um, we got some offensive line uh, needs, I would say. So I'm going to go with the you know, Darnell right here um, for, for them. I think this is the best offensive lineman on the board. Um, Easily. And they have a need for offensive line. Um, so I just – I'm just taking the best offensive lineman on the board. I, I think you do. They have a tackle need specifically, not not 
necessarily, I would say, but they they need better offensive line play for for uh, their team. Yeah, this this is painful if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers right here, and I'm picking at 17 with them. I wanted right for the Steelers. I think right to the Steelers might be the best team player fit possible in the first round. Right is a nasty dude. Uh, he plays with a ton of tenacity, strong, physical, violent player. I think he fits the Steelers' identity really well. Kind of bummed I didn't get him here, but it allows me to pivot to Penn State corner Joey Porter Jr. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit with the the father-son lineage, one Steeler to the next. Joey Porter Jr. is the pick. He can, you know, the Steelers are one of the teams that like to mix it up. They have they have a lot of game scripts where they play some heavy man. They have a lot of game scripts where they play a lot of off zone. I think Porter Jr. probably best served as a man guy, but he definitely did both at Penn State, and he did both pretty well. So I'm going Porter Jr. Yep, I like it. Um, also, he's, a, he's a good player, athletic. But now we're on to the Lions. <laughs> the Lions have, have, like we said earlier, when I was talking about Jalen Carter, them they've they've built up a really good team, and they should be a playoff contender this year, and, and you know maybe win win a couple games in playoffs. Um. If Dalton Kincaid fell to them here, that would be like phenomenal, I think, for them. Um, but he he obviously didn't. Their their needs are uh, this is this is a tough spot for them, in my opinion. Um, it's tough, but it's a good spot. There's a lot of good players left. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I don't say they they just traded away um, Jeff Okuda, but they I think they still have a really good cornerback room already, and they don't have like a, a specific need there. I'm gonna go. You're going to tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I'm going to go Brian Branch for them. I mean, um, what do you, I mean, what do you think about that? You're, you're I mean, more of a Lions expert than I am. One of my but, favorite players in the draft class. So I'm never going to fight with you about drafting good players here. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like when it, and when we get to this part in the draft, it's really hard to kind of slot these in. They probably, all these boards were going to differ com- considerably, but like Brian Branch yeah. is a stud. Um, and, you want to – I think you have a really good offense already there. So, like, building up a couple of, like, studs on defense. You're talking about Carter there and now Brian Branch, who's – I mean, he can he can do everything at the safety position. Uh, super – I mean, you, you play at Alabama, you're going to be high football IQ guy. Um, you can He can play in the slot. He can play up high. He can play in the box. He's a, he's a guy that can – versatile, um, I'd say high floor – skill set that you can fit into any defense and he'll be a stud he is 100 percent an aaron glenn type of db look at the way the saints were operated when he was there they used a lot of these multiple i mean the six seven dbs they had a year john i think i looked it up when glenn was there where they had they had seven dbs play over 450 snaps in one season it's like they they love these guys enough good defensive backs in yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't because of injury either by the way that was because they legit rotate these guys they have specific roles for them but my player comp for branch is chauncey gardner johnson who the lions just signed to a one-year deal branch kind of you know he can learn a little bit from from a guy who's done the safety slot corner hybrid role very very well and then also tracy walker coming off that achilles injury there's a, a chance branch just takes that spot you know and it just go, yeah. does that outright so I don't hate the pick at all. Like I said, draft good players, and you usually do well for yourself. So yes, pick sir. 19, I'm going to go 
offensive tackle from Georgia, Broderick Jones. Out goes Donovan Smith, in goes Broderick Jones. This has been a common selection in my mock drafts thus far, but it makes perfect sense. I think Broderick Jones gives you a little more pedigree than, than Smith as well, and I think there's a chance you're actually upgrading the position there right out of the gate. Yeah, I'm never uh, – I mean, the last offensive tackle taken from Georgia is now a, pretty much a stud in Andrew Thomas. And, True. Um, we've seen, obviously, Broderick Jones play extremely well. He gave up uh, – two sacks over the last three years for them, which is uh pretty good in the SEC. So um I think I think he's gonna that's a good pick right there. On a pick 20 with the Seattle Seahawks. They have obviously the second pick in this draft. They went Will Anderson with the first pick. They have I would say let's let's go let's go Kalijah Kansi. It might not be Oh my goodness, John. Yeah. So Ooh. you're talking about explosive players on that defensive line. Um why not? Right. Like, why not do it? He's an uh, uber athlete. Uh, he, you know, people are obviously comping him to Aaron Donald. Nobody's an Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's one of one, but Cansey is obviously uber athletic, super quick. It's got to develop as a, you know, some counter moves and, and more than just to, to, to beat him with beat offensive line with his quickness. But I think uh, being with uh, Pete Carroll in that defense, you can develop those, those tools that he needs to develop um, especially with the, this raw athleticism the guy has you're giving the seahawks a pass rush package of will anderson draymond jones kalijah cansey and then either boye mafe or chenna nuosa like that's nasty they can do a lot of cool stunts and twists with that group as well that, that'd be a fun group i like it uh pick 21 the los angeles chargers this this is a, a tough spot. I think in an ideal world, Dalton Kincaid makes it this far and they grab him. This is not an ideal world we're living in, though. So we're going to go. Oh, I'm going to do it, John. I'm going to do it. Running back from Texas, oh, my goodness. B. John Robinson. Let's go. I know, you know, running back in the first is frowned upon. I think at this point, though, with B. John's talent, this is perfectly fine. You're not in a situation like you were when Saquon went second overall. Talking to my our, our mutual friend Brad Spielberger, John, when Saquon was drafted, you know he was a top top five paid at his position the day he was drafted second overall. Oh wow! Yeah, so Bijan at 21, it will not have that effect. He will be closer to the mid teens, which is totally fine for for a guy his talent. You're not you, you know you're never drafting a guy hoping to get him to a second contract at running back. So. For them, they're getting five, six years from Bijan right away. He's a one-to-one replacement for Eckler. Can do all the bell cow things. Um, might be the cheapest, most effective way to improve that offense. Yeah, I um, makes sense. Totally makes sense. You're talking getting you get into the twenties. I think taking running backs is is perfectly fine now. Um, I'm just never going to be a fan of them taking in the, that top ten where. What is it? The rookie the rookie scale kind of really drops off after yes. after pick ten or something like that. So. Yep. I think I think after that is when it starts becoming much more feasible for for non non quote unquote valuable positions anymore. So, um, all right, we're on to the Ravens with pick twenty two, and I know they just they just signed OBJ, but don't an matter. issue with the the Ravens has been that they just don't have enough wide receiver uh, talent in the room. So I'm gonna go with another wide receiver for them here because I just don't think you can if Lamar Jackson's their quarterback, just give him as many weapons as you possibly can. Um, 
the two best options here, in my opinion, you, you might you might differ here. I think it's our Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. I'm gonna go with with Zay Flowers here. Um, I think he's, I think he's more just more athletic, better, better, just a little bit better of a route runner. I think they're just they're pretty pretty close though. But I I, I think I like Zay Flowers after the catch a, a little bit better than uh, Jordan Addison. But uh, I couldn't I could see going both either one of those guys. Cool. I'm glad you went receiver for the Ravens. They definitely need it. I have Addison significantly higher than Flowers, however. That's okay. We can debate that off air. I do think Addison is a much better route runner than Flowers. Flowers will give you more after the catch, though. That is fair. He, I think he works more as that uh, in that Hollywood Brown role that he did well uh, with okay. Baltimore. I okay. think Flowers is definitely more of that type of player. So if that's kind of what that offense you know, requires, I, I think maybe that is a better pick for them. Pick 23, I'm coming right back with Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC. I think they really, really need to get Justin Jefferson, another dude there, and Kirk Cousins for that matter. Obviously, they could be in the quarterback market as well, but in this in this scenario, they didn't really get after it. So they're running it back with Kirk, making one last push. Let's give them Jordan Addison, another true separator route runner who can kind of take some of the pressure off Jefferson. Now you're running with a trio of, of Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson. I think cousins can thrive in that environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, they, they need, obviously they just cut Adam Thielen. Um, you need more weapons around Justin Jefferson to give him some, to keep him as a, the, you know, arguably the most productive wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, all right. So the Jaguars at 24, they have, obviously this came off came off a, a playoff victory. Um, they have some needs and I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with edge for them here. Cause I know they did this picked edge and obviously Trayvon Walker last year, but like Walker is not a guy that in college was ultra productive as a, as an edge rusher. And he hasn't yet to show that in the NFL, he flashes and stuff like that. And I need, I think you just need to get after the quarterback even more. I'm going to go with miles Murphy here. Um, kind of another uber athlete for the the Jaguars at that edge position. And so you've got Josh Allen, you've got Trayvon Walker, you've got Miles Murphy. That's a nasty trio of guys that you can rotate to, to get after the passer. Yeah, I I love I D line is kind of what I've been penciling in general. I've been going more interior guys, but Miles Murphy's a value at this point in the draft. I have a, a top twelve grade on him. I think he's a fantastic prospect. He's a better prospect for me than Trayvon Walker was last year. So I think there's a chance he competes there. But also you're talking about a guy who's extremely long and powerful as well as athletic. So the Jaguars do like to play some odd front type looks on early downs. So maybe he kicks into a, you know, a more traditional four technique role, five technique role as a big close side edge in that odd front. And then in pass rush situations, they can kind of move him around the front, get some production from him there. I like the pick, John. Good stuff. Cool. Pick 25. This is this is tough because ideally one of these receivers falls to them. I do think you got a little bit of a drop off after Zay. Not uh, yeah. One of, man, this is they probably trade up in, in real life. They probably See, do trade up to get one of those guys if if it looks like they're they're go, well, their chances are they don't like all four of them anyway. So they're probably gonna trade up to get the guy they like. Because the receivers are gone though. 
I think the the value to reach for one here just isn't there. I think they get a, a similar player at this point in the second round. So I'm going to go cornerback out of Maryland, Deontay Banks. If you talk about ceiling, drafting for ceiling, Deontay Banks might have the highest ceiling of all the corners in this class. He is a freak athlete, and he's just a little raw. He needs a little bit of development, but they need corners. Uh, they need defensive backs in general. So I, I like putting Deontay Banks on that defense. Yeah, his his combine was ridiculous. Um, you know, four what mid four threes, forty two plus inch vert, eleven plus broad. Like, dude yes. is is and he's you know, what six foot, almost two hundred pounds. Like he's just an uber athlete position. I you you bank on that type of stuff. The no modern prototype. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So they have a they have a they have a you know like you can never have enough cornerbacks, and I think he's he's a stud. So. All right, we're on to the Cowboys. You know, obviously they uh, they cut Zeke. They have some needs and stuff like that. But I think, um, and I don't I don't know where you have him, this guy on your board. But I'm gonna go with Brian Brissy, who's a defensive tackle for for Clemson. Um, they have interior defensive needs for them for the for the Cowboys. I think for for is he you know. Big, long. I think he's got some power. Um, he's got explosiveness that he can use, and I think he has a little bit of versatility inside that you can move him around. Um, uh, but I think there's some, there's some development that he needs for sure. Um, and but he did come off of a you know I think he tore his ACL is two years ago and he came off of that and and, and played well this past year. So um, I think I like the fit there. Yeah, I've been I've been putting uh, an interior player to Dallas through the whole process, whether it's Kalijah Cansey, Brisey in one mock, and then Mozzie Smith in another. The thing with Brisey, John, is he reminds me a lot of my golf game, where it's just <laughs> consistency isn't there, but like the yeah. high end reps get you coming back for more, right? Mm-hmm. So like you, I can suck for for seventeen holes, but on eighteen, I ripped that three hundred and ten yard drive right down the center of the fairway. I'm coming back next week to play more golf, and that's Brisey. Yes. I see that. You know him dominate a guard and get quick pressure on a quarterback, and I'm I'm coming back for more Brisey tape. So I do like the fit. He needs to get more technically sound. He's the dude. If you know anything about the dude's story, it's actually crazy. He lost his sister to cancer last fall. Played despite that. Come he had oh, multiple wow. catastrophic injuries. The guy's a he's a fighter, man. He is a uh, a warrior type. If he can stay healthy, I think the the chance to get consistent is there. So I like it. But because you left Maze Smith on the board, I'm coming right back and I'm drafting Maze Smith at 27 to Buffalo. I think it's the writing on the wall for Ed Oliver is is there. They need help on the interior. Maze Smith is a freaky mover for his size. 330 pound men should not move the way Maze Smith does. I think this. I, I think he's going to be a lock first rounder and he's going to surprise some people with how high he actually does go. So I'm going 27 overall to the Buffalo Bills. Maze Smith defensive tackle Michigan yeah um Ed Oliver is a is a fine player but oh they're gonna trade him it sounds like so oh yeah and I think um I mean I I remember I remember when he was coming out in that draft and everybody was saying he's the next Aaron Donald like people like to compare that right but it's like I I was just saying this dude can't get half of the pass rush he's not a pass rusher right he's a good run defender and that's it so He he had no hand usage or move set like Donald right. at least Cansey has that for you know for all the people making the comps Cansey at least has the the hand technique and the foot speed and the crazy move set 
Ed Oliver just never did. He was literally a power guy. He tried to lock out and then stack and shed, even as a pass rusher. So, yeah, exactly. So, all right, we're on to the Bengals pick 28. Um, this one's interesting for me. I, I know that some people think that they're going to go like a, like a B John drops to them that they, he, they would go there um, because of the situation with Joe Mixon, but I'm going to, I'm just going to give them another weapon and this might be a, a bit high and I think he's your number three tight end, but I'm going to go Michael Meyer to give Joe Burrow just another weapon to throw to. Um, and I'm not usually a fan of going tight end in the first round, but I mean, give Joe Burrow another dude to throw it to, and I think you'll yep. be perfectly fine. And I, I like Michael Myers' tape. I think I'm a little bit higher on him than you are. Um, I think he's tight end two in this class. I, I think he's three for you, but um, I think he, I think he can be a very. He's one of. He's you know. I think he's got the good size for them. You can move him inside and outside, and he runs good routes. Um, he's not a burner by any means for the position. Um, but I think he can, I think he can, he can win, win over the middle for Burrow and they're going to have to start paying, you know, they might pay a T Higgins or, you know, obviously Jamar Chase and then Joe Burrow, you need to give him rookie, you know, weapons on a rookie contract to, to have for weapons. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't dislike Michael Meyer at all. I think my scores, one of the things that they really value for tight ends is athleticism. Um, there's not a position in the NFL that has a higher correlation to success with athleticism than tight end. In fact, I don't know, you know, RAS, I, I cite this a lot. It's not the perfect metric by any means, but when it comes to predicting tight end success, it's actually pretty darn good. In, in the last 25 years, there's been one tight end to have a thousand yard season that didn't have an elite RAS score. And that was Jordan Reed, and he tested with uh, a torn hamstring. So mm. chances are, when you watch Reed's tape, he's probably an elite elite athlete you know what was what was um michael myers uh ras score? i think it was like in the sixes so he's like not bad athlete but not elite okay. um uh, overall all i'm all i'm getting to is saying i just don't think mayor has the receiving ceiling that maybe a kincaid or a musgrave if musgrave can stay healthy has but despite that i think this is a perfectly fine pick mayor probably actually is a better fit for the bengals than any of those other guys because he's going to give you a little more in the run game which they do like. I mean, they are still one of those, you know, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan offshoots that likes the outside zone. Mayer's a really good point of attack blocker. I think he he's, you know, perfectly yeah, fine working to the second level, reaching those edge defenders on that outside zone stuff. So I think he's good. He's the best run blocker at the tight end position in his class. Consi- consistent run blocker, yeah. Yes. Washington's the best, you know, put you in a body bag blocker. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. But he's got to clean up some technique to get more consistent for sure. Um. All right, New Orleans pick twenty nine. This is tough because the board just fell miserably for them for for what I think they're looking to do. I'm probably gonna go. Who's your top guard on the board? Yeah, top guard is Osiris Torrance. That's who I was thinking, but I'm also looking at Nolan Smith sitting there, still available. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a huge Nolan Smith guy compared to consensus, but I think this is probably a good value for him. Um, shoot, yeah, let me go. Let me go with Cyrus Torrance. I think they're kind of rebuilding that O line. Last year they drafted the uh, the tackle. This year they get the guard. Um, yeah, I think that's probably necessary for them. So Osiris Torrance, guard from Florida. 
That's all I have to say about it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Eagles pick 30 here. Second pick in the first round after losing in the Super Bowl. I picked them with the wide receivers. They got weapons there. I'm going to go. The Eagles are a type of team that are going to go top player on the board when it, if it falls to them correctly. And uh, the top player on, on PFS big board right now is, is Nolan Smith. Um, yeah. This they is- have some old. Yeah. <laughs> They have some old players on that defensive line, and I think I just need to get younger. So that's what I'm going. John, with. did you know like seventy percent of mocks have them taking Nolan Smith at ten? Really? And they're getting him here at thirty. So they have right. a, a Georgia. The Georgia Philly pipeline is a thing. It's an actual thing. They drafted three Georgia players last year, a couple before that. So like everyone's making the connection to Nolan Smith for them at ten overall, and they're getting him here at thirty. Which is great. I'm not like I said. I'm not a Nolan Smith guy, but this is ridiculous value. Yeah. Point, so you never you things things happen in the NFL draft in the first round that you never know. Like you know, I, I can't remember. You know, 49ers had two picks in the first round, and everybody was mocking like somebody to them at like three, and they got the same guy at like thirty or something like that. Yep. But I yep. can't remember what what year that was, but. All right. To close it out, pick thirty-one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Are gonna go. Oh, I'm tempted to get stupid right now. Do it. Do it. <laughs> get stupid. Yeah, get stupid. Why not? It's the last pick of the draft. Right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do. They're they're taking a mulligan on the Ceh pick from years past, and they're going with running back from Alabama, Jameer Gibbs. They're oh, wow. doing it again, John. They're doing it again. They're making the oh, same mistake. This time, at least, Gibbs is a good player where I was not a CEH guy. I think I had an early fourth-round grade on him. I have a early second-round grade on Gibbs. So I think this is a, a really cool fit. He, what he brings to the pass game should be you know, pretty freaking cool for them. Yeah, he's so. an explosive dude. Like, like you watch his tape, and it looks like it's, everybody else is in slow motion as he's like blowing by them. Yes. He's a, he's a stud. I definitely thought that Clyde was a good fit for the Chiefs when they picked him, even though I wouldn't have made that pick. And it just turns out that he's just not very good. Like, when they give him the ball, like, he actually puts up, like, good fantasy points and stuff like that, but, like, he's just not. Any running back would, though, right? Yeah. Any any running back in Andy Reid system makes creates points. So, yep. cool. That was fun. Yeah. All right, so here's what we'll do. I'll, either John or I will post this to the Twitters. Yes. We can get your guys' takes. So, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. I will be back tomorrow with another episode. We are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at fantasypoints.com.